can barely see all you guys. You're way back there. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> if you are feeling lonely back there, there's some seats up here. <laughs> God has something awesome in store for us here today. He does every service. Amen. Uh, not because you're here, not because I'm here, but because He is here. Anything is possible. Praise God. Let's all stand. We want to go to, before the Lord in prayer this morning. Ask Him to bless our service. Ask Him to open our hearts and our minds to receive everything that He has for us here today. Amen. Lord Jesus, You're an awesome God. I am so thankful for You and for Your so great salvation. You are an awesome God. You're a mighty, glorious, wondrous Savior. We heap glory and honor unto the Most High God here today. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to receive of you. I pray, I trust that you are going to work, that you're going to move, that you're going to operate in this service according to your perfect will, according to our desperate need. I pray, Lord Jesus, above all else, that your great and wondrous name would be glorified here today. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated today. This month we're going to start a, a series on faith. We all know what faith is. At least some aspect of it. It's defined all kinds of ways. We've spoken on this before. Uh, but today we're going to focus specifically on faith versus fear. And we've spoken on fear before. Fear is horrible. Fear is awful. Uh, but it's something we're all very familiar with. We've all experienced fear at one time or another. We've all been afraid of something. Fear of loss. Maybe it's a fear of gain. Uh, fear of sickness or disease. Fear of death. Fear of public speaking. <clears throat> That's supposed to be the number one fear over death is public speaking. Amen. Fear of heights, I mean, fear of spiders, you name it. The list goes on and on. People are afraid of things. People are afraid of the future, what the future might hold. Amen. But according to Scripture, it's not God's will for His people to live in fear, to be afraid. Now, the Bible does teach us that we need to fear the Lord our God. We understand that's not, we need to be trembling and, and, and fearful but have a reverence and a respect for God, His laws, His precepts, His judgments. And if we'll do that, if we will fear God in that manner, church, we don't need to be afraid of anything or anyone ever again. It is God's will for us to be completely fearless, to be free from that. Fear is a powerful emotion. It has crippled the mighty and limited the capable. It's mighty enough to keep us from achieving our goals and living our best. It feeds stagnation and keeps us from taking advantage of opportunities. Many people are living in the self-made prison of their own fears. But a life lived overcoming fear is something that God desires of us. He desires of each and every one of us. In fact, it's something for which God has commanded us to strive for. We know that it's possible. 
We know that through God all things are possible. And if we don't overcome our fears, we will never experience God's greatest promises, the greatest life that He has chosen, that He's created us for. We're not supposed to just tolerate these things. They're supposed to be completely eliminated from our lives. We're going to be looking at the 12 spies yet again. This seems to be a favorite topic of mine. I use it a lot, but there's just so much there. We know that most of us are familiar with the story, the account. Moses sent 12 spies according to the commandment of God. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 2, we read God commissioning them, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. He sent spies in there for mainly one reason. Not because they needed a, a, a tactical plan. God had the plan. Not because they needed to, to know the, the layout of the land. God knew the layout of the land. He'd already told them that it's not going to be because of your strength or your tactical uh, intellect or your number's superiority, superiority of force. Uh, that's not going to play into this at all. You have none of that. And they didn't. They were small. They were weak. They were very militarily wise, inexperienced. It was going to be God that gave them victory here. No, the reason they were sent over there is because God wanted to show His people the blessings that awaited them. This is what you're about to receive. I want you to see it with your own two eyes. This is what I'm about to give you. Amen. And in our lives, there are things that God desires to give us. Not maybe uh, financial things, not maybe physical stuff, but there are plenty of things that He wants to place in our lives. Things that He wants to do in us and through us. And we're never going to see them. We're never going to realize them if we're afraid. If we're living in fear. Because what fear is going to do, folks, is it's going to keep us from crossing the river. It's going to keep us from crossing over into where God wants us to be. Thank God that God has brought us to the place we're at today. I thank God daily that I am not where I used to be. But I don't want to stay here either. God has a whole lot more in store. A whole lot more. I haven't even begun to tap, scratch the surface of what God can do, wants to do in my life. And neither have you. And we've seen some pretty amazing things. But it's nothing compared, I believe, with all my heart, it's nothing compared to what we're about to see. What we're going to see in other churches, other lives. Amen. What an awesome hope that we have. Rather than being afraid of the future, past couple of years hadn't given us a whole lot to hope for. 2020, I remember. January 2020. Man, this is going to be a great year. And that was a dumpster fire. I mean, for the most part, 
God did great things. But you know 2020. 2021, 2022. Now we're at 2023. A new year. What's God going to do in 2023? Well, for the most part, we really have no idea. But whenever God does anything, it's incredible. It's amazing. It's miraculous. And we understand that time is drawing short. This is all coming to a close. I don't know the day or the hour, and neither does any man. Nobody does, except God. But we know signs of the times. We read the seasons, and we know that time is drawing short. This is, this is all wrapping up. And if we're going to be about the business of God, we better be about it. Without fear. Without doubting. Understanding that God has commissioned us. He has called us. He has established us in this place and time for such a purpose as this. To complete, fulfill the work of God. He has given us spiritual dominion. He has given us spiritual authority. And we need to exercise that. We need to exercise it daily. We haven't earned it. We didn't come into this deserving any good thing. But God desires to work in us and through us His perfect will. And if that's God's desire, folks, stop fighting it. Just let it happen. Let God work through you. Let God, I want to, let God work through me. There's no reason to be afraid. God gives us these exceeding good and precious promises. And we start questioning and hesitating. And, and Is that really for me? Is that really for me now? Is He going to do this in my life? And to speak freely, folks, there are times in my life, perhaps in yours as well, I just couldn't imagine God wanting to do that in me. Not me. Someone else probably. But not me. Yes, me. Yes, you. God chose out twelve spies. Well, Moses did. Twelve of them. Sent them in. Forty days. They, they spied out the land. And it was an exceeding good land, flowing with milk and honey. The crops that were being produced were huge, abundant. It was a land of plenty. It was a blessed land. And they were about to receive it. They were about to receive the promise of God. This promise that had been given to Abraham some 430 years prior. 430 years the children of Israel have been waiting for this moment. 430 years of promise, of hope, of faith. And now they're at the precipice. They're at the river about to cross over. And what is the report that was given? Faith or fear? The report that was given was one of fear, one of doubt. Hadn't God demonstrated His power and His authority from the time 
he, came, he sent Moses to Egypt until this present moment. Daily, God was walking with them. A pillar of fire by night. A, cloud of, uh, a pillar of cloud by day. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Provision. Deliverance. They knew God was there with them. They weren't just believing. They weren't just having faith that God is present here somewhere. They knew it. It was a certainty. They saw it with their own eyes. They heard the voice of God coming from Mount Sinai in thunderings and lightnings. And they were very afraid. So much so they told Moses, you go talk to him. We don't want anything to do with this. They knew God was with them. They knew what God had promised them. And they saw the deliverance, the, the answered promises that God had already performed in their lives. But now when it comes to this, this is too difficult. This is too hard. God's not going to do this. He's sending us there to die. It had taken a long time for God to build the foundation of this nation that He promised Abraham. And now the time had come to receive this promise. 430 years of struggle, strife, several hundred years of, of captivity and bondage. All getting them ready. When God gives us a promise, folks, it's awesome. It's wondrous. We're in the middle of a tough situation and God gives us a word of encouragement, a word of hope, a promise in Scripture. Someone comes to us and says, i got a word from the Lord for you. Man, that's exciting. That's, that's wonderful. But then a day goes by, another day goes by, a week goes by, maybe a month goes by, nothing's changed. Things get worse. got this word, Lord. I got this promise. Um, but when? When? God gives us a promise. He gives us hope, encouragement in the, in the middle of a tough situation. But something we don't always understand is maybe we need that tough situation to receive the promise. There are some things that God promises us that we're not ready to receive right now. God's got to get things ready in here first. Maybe He's got to take something out, put something in. I need to be a little bit stronger to fully enter into the promise that God has given me. And for that, I've got to go through some tough times, some difficult situations. And then, Lord willing, I get it right. I pass the tests. And I can enter into the promise. I can move to the next level, as it were, in God. But these things are there for our benefit. 
When God gives us a promise, we're not always ready to receive it right here and now. We're going to be. God wouldn't have given it to us otherwise. But I can't receive it right now. I've got to go through some things. I've got to learn some things. I've got to grow so that I can fully receive it. And that's okay. God gives me a promise and He doesn't act on it right away. That's God's business. Here's something that God told me a little while ago. I don't know if this is an encouraging promise, but it's a promise nonetheless. He told me that you can go through anything that I put you through. Awesome. I can endure anything that God puts me in the middle of. And it's true. If God put me there, I'm going to make it through. If God is allowing something in my life, I'm going to make it through if I keep hoping and trusting in Him. Now, if I start trying to rely on my own awesome strength, that's not going to work out. I am going to fall. I am going to fail. Because my strength is going to fail. But God's never does. He has infinite strength. He has infinite knowledge. He knows exactly where He's taking us. He knows the path that He's, he's moving us through. He knows every obstacle on that path. And when we're going to hit it, we can trust in Him, folks. We don't have to be afraid of the future. I don't have to be afraid of my present circumstance. Whatever that might be. My hope is in God. My trust is in Him. And we can say with Job, though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. If He wants to take me out of this world, fantastic! I made it! I'm home. That's what I'm living for anyway. I'm not living for anything down here. My hope isn't down here. There's nothing here for us. Nothing real. Nothing lasting. Our hope is in God. And wherever He places us, whenever He places us, we can trust and hope in Him. Sometimes it's on the mountaintop, and that's great. We're enjoying life, blessings, presence of God. But we know that no growth happens on the mountaintop. Nothing grows there. It grows in the valley. Everything is nourished in the valley. That's where the hard times come, the difficult times. God desires to reveal His promises to us. Every loving parent hopes their children will experience the best in life. Most, if not all of us here, are our parents, grandparents, maybe great-grandparents. We've been through that. We're hoping for our children, mature relationships, spiritual discipline, healthy independence, financial security, etc., etc. 
Part of the parent's job is to prepare children to receive and manage these blessings and benefits. That's not always an easy process, is it? Getting a child ready for adulthood? They've never been an adult before. They don't know what it's like. I remember growing up, I sure thought I knew. I had it figured out. Most children do until they don't. And I'm patient with that because I was that way too. Fair is fair. I don't want to be a hypocrite. (laughs) I'll tell them, no, it's not the way it is. Hopefully they'll listen. Probably they won't. But in our lives as Christians... God experiences the same thing with us, doesn't He? Trying to get us ready for something greater. That ministry. That life that He planned for us. He creates every person, folks, with purpose. With purpose. There are no accidents. There are no leftover material that God just lumps together into someone because He doesn't want to waste it. Everyone's here for a reason. And that reason is, is God's will for their life. Anything else is a waste. If we're not fulfilling the will and plan of God in our lives, if we're not allowing God to work through us the way He desires to, that's a waste, folks. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of, of, of talent, of potential. Our very best is submitting ourselves to the plan of God. Whatever that might be. That's the best thing we can do with our lives. Period. Bar none. And again, we've got to trust in the Lord for us to move forward that way. Because sometimes, that path isn't going to seem like the best path for us. Sometimes that path is going to seem really stupid. Or really difficult. Are you sure this is where you want me to be? Are you sure this is where you want me to go? We need to trust in God. Without fear. He will discipline us. He will develop things in us that we didn't have before. Patience. Faith. Spiritual gifts, fruit of the Spirit, these will be developed in us. The blessings, the promises that God wants to give us can be both blessings and curses. When we get a child ready to drive a vehicle out on the road, we joke about it. Oh, I'm going to stay parked for a month or two. But we joke about it for a reason. There's a little bit of truth in there. We understand that, yeah, that, that, that vehicle represents a level of freedom and independence that that young adult hasn't experienced before. But it can also be a weapon in the wrong hands. The pedestrian gets run over with that thing. That's huge. 
So along with that blessing, along with that level of independence, comes with it a greater level of responsibility. There are some things that they have to demonstrate knowledge of. There are some things that they have to demonstrate skill in before the state of Wisconsin is going to give them that license. And rightly so. Because in the wrong hands, that's deadly. God wants to give His blessings and His promises to everybody. But not everybody can receive them. Because in the wrong hands, those blessings can destroy. I think of financial blessings off the top of my head. God wants to bless someone financially. Blesses their business. They're hugely successful. Millionaire. But if they're not spiritually rooted and grounded, that can destroy someone. Well, now I'm so busy I can't make it to church. I got this to do, that to do. I'm too busy for church. I'm too busy for God. As an aside, that same person, if they needed God, would want Him there right now. I'm praying. Why aren't you answering? But they can put God off as long as they want. That's okay. Thank God for His patience and His long-suffering. So God wants to bless. God wants to, to give these promises to us. But they need to be developed in us. We need to get to the place where we can receive them so that they are blessings. The ten unfaithful spies, they expressed faithlessness, disbelief in the promises of God. God promised them this land unconditionally. You are going to receive this land. I am going to give you this land. I don't know how much plainer he can make it. Somehow they found a way to doubt. There's an account, a historical account. Mr. Cortez, when his boats landed in Veracruz, Mexico in 1519, their goal was conquest. But Cortez, knowing human nature as he did, ordered the men to burn the boats. Why did he do that? Because when the boats were there, everybody had an out. This gets too hard. This gets too difficult. We head back to the boats and head back home. Cortez understood that. No more boats. No more way home. There's only one way now. Success. Victory or death. That's it. Now, whatever you think about Cortez as the man or his methods, that's, that's another thing. The fact of the matter is, he understood human nature. That's why he ordered the boats burned. There was no way back now. Fearful, 
faithful or otherwise, they were going to move forward. Because if they didn't, death was certain. Before the spies left on their journey, Israel's twelve spies were commissioned to be of good courage. What they witnessed was amazing. It was amazing. It was wondrous. But their their eyes could only focus on the negative aspects. They couldn't see the figs. They couldn't see the land flowing with milk and honey. They saw the high walls. They saw the giants. And they stated, perhaps rightly so, that they were unable to take the land. In themselves, that's correct. They were unable. But God had already given them the land. God had already given this to them. It was a done deal. All they had to do was cross over and receive it. That's the promises of God, folks. There's not a whole lot we need to do to receive His promises except it by faith. Take them by faith. That's what we need to do. Without disbelief, Has God demonstrated His faithfulness in your life? Now, be honest there. Be honest. Because there are some that would answer that question, no, He hasn't. He has not demonstrated His faithfulness. I would perhaps suggest for that individual, maybe you're looking at the wrong areas. And I, I hope you don't by now. I don't take these situations lightly. I'm not just throwing them to the side, okay? Well, you just need to pray through. You'll, you'll get over it. You just need to check up from the neck up. Yeah, those, those don't work, okay? It doesn't work. People need a little bit more than that. So, when someone comes and tells me, no... I don't believe God has demonstrated His faithfulness. I take that seriously. I want to know why. I want to know what's going on here. Because in my life, He most assuredly has. He has demonstrated His faithfulness in my life. Now, does God answer when I snap my fingers? Absolutely not. And again, to speak freely... I don't need to worship a God like that. If He needs to come whenever I snap my fingers, then He's not in charge, is He? My God is in charge. He tells me when things are going to happen. He tells me what's going to go down. Not the other way around. I make my petitions and requests known unto Him, and He's faithful to hear and to answer. But He's going to answer in His own good time. And I trust Him to do that. And He does, folks. He does. And He comes in miraculously from directions, from avenues I couldn't even imagine. But I'm going to wait on Him. He's God. Okay, so back to this individual. Maybe you're focusing on the, on the, the, the wrong things. Maybe you're focusing on the waiting. 
Maybe you're focusing on the no's that you might have received. He's told me no before. Everybody loves to know, right? Everybody just, thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayer. You bet. Now we need to pray through about that. Because we know better. I'm glad God knows better. I'm glad God loves me enough to tell me no sometimes. When God tells me no, it's because He loves me. And He's protecting me. That's not going to be good for me. Maybe later on, that's going to be great. Maybe I can't receive that right now because i got things to work out in my life. Or maybe it's just never going to be good. And just forget about it. Move on to something else. Was it the will of God for people in Asia to receive the Gospel? Yeah. Paul wanted to go in there and God told him no. Someone else is going to do that. I don't know who it was, but someone else did that. But it wasn't Paul. God knows what He's doing. He knows what He's doing. And we need to trust Him. The spies came back. They can't see the good things. They can't see the promise. They don't remember the faithfulness of God. All they see are the giants. This is impossible. God's brought us out here to kill us. This isn't going to happen. We need to go back to Egypt. Two spies. Anybody know the two spies that gave a good report? Joshua and Caleb. Anybody remember any of the other ones? Well, there's a reason for that, isn't there? Very good reason. We probably, all of us, know at least one individual who is like Eeyore. Everybody know who Eeyore is? Glass is always half empty. Can be in the, the middle of a great situation. They'll find something to complain about. Something's wrong. I want to say yes, but I just can't. serving God is absolutely amazing but it's not perfect life isn't perfect and I sympathize with people that are going through bad situations I really do because from time to time I end up in a bad situation and I don't like it either But I used to be out there. You know what the difference is? Jesus is walking alongside of me in the midst of these bad situations today. When I was out there, I had nobody. Yeah, I had fair-weather friends. You know what I'm talking about? Friends that were there when things were good. Now I've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Someone who's as close as the mention of his name. 
two spies were faithful. They didn't see the, the problems. They didn't see the high walls, the fenced cities, the giants. They saw the promise of God. They saw the goodness of the land. What they were about to receive is awesome. Let's go get it. 430 years, folks. It's time. Let's go get it. God is saying we're ready. Let's take it. Faith will always prompt action. Doubt cripples. We've said before, faith is demonstrated by our works, by our actions, not by what we say. Talk is cheap. We can say stuff all day long and it doesn't really mean anything. What are we doing with that? How are we living our lives? What choices and decisions are we making? Where do we spend our money? How do we spend our time? Those are the things that are going to tell something about us. Who we are as an individual. Joshua and Caleb were not distracted by the obstacles. They were motivated by the promises. Obedience is always the action when we believe God is fully capable of fulfilling His promises. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be anything else? If I am convinced, if I am persuaded that God gave me this promise and He's going to fulfill it in my life, why wouldn't I act on that? The only reason I wouldn't act on that is because I don't believe it. That's the only reason. I've given the example before. If I told everybody, if you show up at my house at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'll have a check for a million dollars for you. But you've got to be there at 4, not 3.59, not 4.01, 4 a.m. How would I know who believed me? Because they're going to be at my doorstep at 4 a.m. If you didn't believe me, you're not going to be there. I expect no one will be there tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. <laughs> and you would be right. <laughs> when God makes promises to us, we must seize them with faith. We've got to take them. We've got to use them. We've got to possess them and make them ours. Because He's given them to us. I think this gets back to understanding who we are in God. We have got to know who we are in Jesus Christ. We are not paupers. We're not beggars. We're not sinners saved by grace. We were sinners. But we're not now. If you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you're no longer a sinner. You're a new creature. Everything's passed away. All things have become new. You're a child of God. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High King. All I'm saying is let's act like it. Let's live like we are. Let's make choices like we are. Let's spend our money like we are. And God gives me a promise. We're exercising His authority, His power, 
in his behalf. That's why he gives us promises. That's why he gives us power. He gives us authority. That's why he has created in us a new life. That's why he has uh, adopted us into his family. We didn't earn that. I didn't come to the Lord deserving because of my good works, my beautiful face, my many talents. He didn't need any of that. There's nothing that I bring to the table. There's nothing you bring to the table. Nothing. The impetus is all on Him. He's the one that leads us to a place of repentance. He's the one that fills us with the Holy Ghost. He's the one that adopts us into His family, pronounces His name over us. He's the one that that anoints us with power and with authority. He's the one that gives us the words to say. Gives us the desire and the ability to serve and to please Him. So what is there to be afraid of? What is there to fear? What is there to doubt? I used to doubt my faith. Have faith in your faith. Right? I sometimes thought that I didn't have enough faith. That's why things weren't happening. So, you got to get that out of your minds. My faith is not in my faith. My faith is in God. My faith is not in answered promises. My faith is in God who gave the promises. I don't have faith because He's answered prayer in the past. I have faith because God is the one that promised He would answer. My faith is in Him. My hope is in Him. Not in some demonstration. When we, when we start going down that road, when I start judging the Word of God based on my experience, that's a slippery slope. I cannot bring my experience to bear on Scripture. I bring Scripture to bear on my experience. And if my experience contradicts Scripture, my experience is somehow wrong. I'm interpreting it wrong. I'm seeing something wrong. It's wrong. Scripture is right. Scripture is my authority. My absolute foundational authority for all things. Everything. Everything is interpreted through Scripture. Including my experience. When God gives us a promise, and He's given us so many promises, James 4.7, we submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Matthew 6.33, we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else is going to be added. We don't have to worry about those things. If we lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. James Philippians 4.13, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
We have all of these exceeding good and precious promises. All we've got to do is receive them. We don't believe in the promise. We believe in God who gave the promise. That's where our faith lies. By staying the course with God's plan and ways, Israel would have arrived in the promised land in about 11 days. Imagine that. From Egypt to the promised land was just about 11 days. But because of their faithlessness, because they could not receive the promise of God, would not receive the promise of God, they were forced to wander in the wilderness for 40 more years until that faithless generation had passed away. And the children, who they said would be a prey, the children, who they said would be killed, slaughtered, maimed, they're the ones that are going to go over and possess the land. And that's exactly what happened. The children of Israel accepted the faithless position of the ten tribes. And they paid the consequence for it. You rejected my promise. Therefore, the promise is not for you anymore. Now, that happens in our lives. I believe the individual is still saved, still going to heaven, can still do something for God. But there are instances in our lives where we can't disqualify ourselves from further service. I'm sorry. It can't happen. We can't act in such a manner. We can reject the promise of God to such an extent that God will not pursue that path for us anymore. That's closed off now. I'm not saying that's true for anyone here. I'm saying it's a possibility. But here's something else. Even in that situation, God is faithful. God can open up a new avenue. He can still use that individual. But my advice is, don't reject the promise of God. Don't reject the commandment of God in our lives when He wants us to go somewhere, when He wants us to do something with the life He's given us. Let's just do that. Because our hope and our faith and our trust and our confidence is in the Lord our God. And if our trust is in God, when He tells us to do something, even if we think it's stupid, even if we think it's an ignorant idea, and folks, we do think that sometimes. That God is somehow ignorant. Because we tell Him. We, we try to inform Him. God, don't you know this? God, don't you know that? We think He's ignorant. Don't you know what my personality type is? Don't you know how much money I have in the bank? Don't you know how much time I have? Yes. 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 And yes. 
He does. He knows. And He's asking us anyway. So can we trust Him to move forward in that? He's asking me to give $5,000 in the offering plate and that's all I got in savings. Well, He knows something I don't. In fact, He knows everything I don't. <clears throat> I can trust Him. In our own lives, how many times could we have gotten through things much quicker? But because of our obstinance, because of our faithlessness, our doubts, we have to do something again and again. I can think of several just off the top of my head. <clears throat> In September 17th, 1935, at 10 a.m., a child was stillborn. After being revived, he was rushed to the hospital with severe brain damage. The doctor's prognosis was not hopeful, and he predicted the child would not survive 24 hours. The doctor advised the family to pray for the child to experience a merciful death because he would never walk, talk, or see if he somehow survived. The child survived, but faced daunting odds. The story of his life is riveting. He was always seemingly a step behind. While other children were learning to walk, he was learning to crawl. While others were running, he was stumbling. His parents spent countless hours working with him, determined to give him as normal of a life as possible. After his first day of riding a bike, he was scraped, bruised, black, blue, and green. He leaned the bike up and declared, You had your day. Tomorrow is mine. I'll break you tomorrow. I'll ride you. If I die right before I die, I'm going to ride you. This man's name was Alan C. Oggs, Sr. He did learn to ride that bike. In spite of physical, limited physical abilities, he went on to marry, have children, and become a successful evangelist. He chronicled his life story in his inspirational autobiography, you got to have the want to. Now, while many would have seen it, a life of obstacles and roadblocks, Brother Og saw as challenges to overcome. He often used the disabilities and challenges to his advantage. He traveled the world preaching and challenging people to be overcomers. He compared his physical challenges and mindset of overcoming them to how all of us must tackle life's obstacles. He declared his life's motto, you got to have the want to. Amen. We can do anything God wants us to do. We can be anything God wants us to be. But, there are things that are going to be required of us. God has already declared it. When He created you, He created you with that specific purpose. That specific ministry in mind. I don't care who you are. I don't care what station in life you find yourself. I don't, I don't care about any of that. Neither does God. He created you with love and with purpose. He created you for ministry. He created you to be used by Him. He created you to reflect His image to this world. Imagine that. To reflect the character and image of Jesus Christ Himself. That's how, that's how He created all of us. Is to do that in this world. Now each of us will do that in different ways. We all have different ministries, different callings, gifts, talents, abilities. And thank God for that. We don't want a bunch of me running around here. 
That would be hideous. One is plenty. We need all of you as well. We need at least one of all of you. But whether we obtain that or not, it's not going to be based on God's desire. It'll be based on your desire. The want to. Do I have a good enough reason to move forward in this? Well, we talked about some of those reasons here just a little bit ago. Am I going to trust God? Or am I going to trust something or someone else? God says, this is the way I want you to proceed. This is the life I have planned for you. This is the ministry I've called you to. And folks, we are all ministers. All of us. This clergy and laity thing, not biblical, not right. We are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are all called to ministry. We are all commissioned to ministry. We are all anointed with the Holy Ghost for ministry. Now, your ministry is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than theirs. But we all have ministries. We all have purpose. God created us for such as that. And if we are going to obtain that, if we're going to obtain God's best life, it will be on purpose. It will be because I have decided. I have made a choice. I'm moving forward with God's plan. There are going to be easier plans to follow. There are going to be more fun plans to follow. I promise you that. But only one plan, God's plan, is going to lead to a life of fulfillment, adventure, amazing, wondrous opportunities in Him. That's the only plan that's going to work for us. Is God's plan. But we've got to trust Him. Because it's not always going to seem that way. It's not always going to feel that way. But it most certainly is. When my emotions contradict the promise of God, my emotions are wrong. I don't walk by sight. I don't walk by emotion. Emotions are real, folks, and they're very powerful. But more often than not, they're dead wrong. <clears throat> the Word of God is right altogether. Always right. Whatever we face in our lives, we must never forget the promises and possibilities we have in Christ. It doesn't matter what obstacles life or the devil throws our way, we must strive to see through God's eyes. We must believe what God has promised is possible through His strength. God's power, coupled with our want to, can usher us into a life pursuit where we claim the amazing promises in God's Word. Where we seize the promises of God's Word. Amen. We can live life actively. You know, there was a long time in my Christian walk where I was like, well, I'm just, I'm just going to wait for God to tell me to do something and I'll do it. I, I had really no plan, no purpose, nothing. No, I just, whatever you want me to do. And my motives were right, but my application was wrong. <clears throat> I do want God to be in charge of my life. I want Him to lead and, and, and guide me. However, 
This, and this thing always came back to me. Someone told me a long time ago when I was a new convert, God can't steer a parked car. I've got to be moving forward in some direction. And then God can, can lead me where He wants me to go. But if I'm just plopped here, not doing anything, we've got to do something. You may not know what you need to do. Just do something. Start walking forward in God. Do something. And God will direct you. God will lead you exactly where He wants you to go. Can we trust Him to do that? Is He powerful enough to do that? Is He intelligent enough to do that? Absolutely He is. Absolutely He is. And we can walk forward into the future fearless, full of faith, full of hope, because we trust God who has all power, He has all authority. He'll never, ever lead us wrong. Amen. Let's all stand. Jesus, You're an awesome God. I am so thankful for You and for Your so great salvation. Thank You, Lord, for the message we received today, a message of faith, a message of hope. We will trust in the Lord our God no matter what we see, hear, experience, feel, taste, or touch. We'll trust You. We'll trust the promises You've given us in Your Word. We'll build a life on them. We'll walk forward in them. Thank You, Jesus, for Your faithfulness to us and to Your Word. Bless the remainder of Your service here, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for your kind attention. We'll take about a 15-minute break, and we'll be back for second service.